We are live. Let's go live with Jack Kelly and Mark Anthony <laughs> Dyson. Hey. Hey. <laughs> How are you, my friend? I am good. And it was great seeing you last yes. week. Was it last week? It seems like so it long blurs. ago. <laughs> Is it so funny when you see somebody in person that only like when you just see them on video and then you see them in real life, it's it's weird, right? It's so it, it's, it, whoa, it should be it should be the other way around, but <laughs> right? I guess you know I guess you know we're from a different generation, so we might be aliens yeah. to the young ones. <laughs> so so today we have a lot to talk about, right? Yes, we do. So do you want to talk about first? I uh, talk about what you want to talk about. You lead this thing. This is okay. your show. Now, How about this? <laughs> we can okay. talk about, you know, lies or, you know, I don't even want to say lies. I, I want to be polite. You know, omissions. Yeah, I'm not going to be polite. They're lies. Okay. <laughs> I'll be the polite guy. <laughs> we, yeah. and, and, you know, when we did Job Secret Nation, yeah. I called them lies. I yeah. said companies lie. Uh, okay. And there comes this study that yeah. uh, this survey that hey, thirty six percent of managers lied to job candidates. So I said, ah, oh. so that really wasn't the big news, really. Yeah. But it goes along that people are admitting that they do. And there's probably more, but we can yeah. go now, further with that. Now, how like so so they in this survey. Are they recruiters or who who participated in the survey? That they well, found out? it was uh, the way the article was positioned was mm -hmm. over one third of hiring managers admit to lying to candidates. So it's the hiring managers, not specifically the recruiters, although mm -hmm. we can lump them in. Maybe it's an alley oop situation where. The recruiter leads them to the right. hiring manager, knowing what they're going to say. And if if it's thirty six percent admit it, how many people don't admit it, right? Because like I wouldn't admit it if I, I, you know, I wouldn't lie. But if I did, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't say anything. I mean, this is crazy. So it has to be mm -hmm. probably twice as many people who either lie or fib a little bit or sins of omission, right? Or, Right. And the justification is, well, candidates lie. So why can't we lie? But, you know, that's bad on you. If you keep seeing uh, bad candidates, that's not on them. So what do you see? Like, what have you noticed in terms of on both sides of the equation? So let's say from the company side, have you seen like really glaring, you know, things where somebody lied about a job, about an opportunity, about growth, you know, potential? Well, when I was a hiring manager once upon a time, mm -hmm. a couple of decades ago, and after a few hundred candidates, it was, there was an integral part between HR and the hiring manager. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that still exists now, but I guess it depends on who, what, where. And I don't know if the, if the, study was very specific and I probably should have read it like a fifth time to see if there's specific industries that do. I don't think it was mentioned in the article. I think it was more or less a generality. I bet you, and you know, this might be bad on me for my bias 
in the sense of that maybe a lot of sales positions are <laughs> involved in those kind of uh, in those kind of situations where you have to meet a quota there's a lot of pressure and there's a lot of pressure to perform so the candidate may lie about his numbers or embellish his or her experience and the company may lie or embellish their experiences with workers and how they actually work mm -hmm. and and you know sometimes it's a matter of everybody asking all the right questions we can give a little forgiveness in the sense that you know there's a miscommunication or not understanding the full context of what each other mean. But I will say that HR tends to embellish or tends to play whack-a-mole. You should hit here, another issue will pop up somewhere else. All right, I'll take, I'll take the softer side a little bit. I okay. think when you said pressure, I'm, I'm glad you brought up because that's like, like a really key word. Well, that's a real thing. People yeah. are pressured to perform See, that's and they're, pres they're pressured to get results. So See, exactly. See, this is where I think, I, I think you're dead on with it because the, sometimes the pressure like, makes everything fall like, like dominoes. For instance, right. if let's say it's a tight job market mm -hmm. and it's hard to find people, you have a manager who's yelling and screaming, I need help. I need more people. So they're going to put pressure on HR. They're going to put pressure on the internal talent acquisition people. They're going to put mm -hmm. pressure on the outside recruiters to get butts and seats. And then if the mm -hmm. pressure is intense to get butts and seats, people might cross the line. Now, like I, I really, seriously, dude, don't think I'm like naive or I'm a babe in the right. woods. No, but no. I, I don't know if it's really like, they're lying. I, and again, you might think I'm crazy by saying this. I don't know if they're definitely lying. I think they're just shading things. You know what I mean? Which you could say is a lie, maybe. But like, what yeah. do you mean by what I mean by that is like they're not going to say, okay, we're going to pay you two hundred fifty thousand dollars, and then all of a sudden you only get you know a hundred thousand. You know, which is a blatant right. lie. But it could be, hey, we have great growth potential. If you do really well, you have the opportunity to make $200,000. You know, you may, may have the opportunity to get this bonus. You may have yeah. the opportunity. So they're not, to me, lying. They're just, they're not telling the truth. <laughs> they're well, not yeah, being very and, accurate. So and, and I, I don't know. Yeah. Right. And there's different layers. So we don't mm -hmm. know, you know, in some sets, and right. I do know that, you know, especially when talking about hiring executives, yeah. things are yeah, like, spelled out in the C-suite, right? Because like it gets complicated. Looking because... at, let's say we're not talking about non-executive position. It, right. it gets a whole lot more complicated and we're talking about how money is distributed and what the terms are and the timing and that whole thing. And, you know, it gets really complicated. So we're talking about perhaps everybody but executives, although I'm sure the people in the comments can also correct us in that particular manner. We could say that there are, you know, the middle management, the uh, rank and file, we can call the rest of them maybe, that potentially that you're saying you can get up to this amount 
Now, up to could mean anywhere. <laughs> it could be a $100,000 difference between, you know, getting a result and then layered to in, with incentives mm -hmm. to get a particular pay. For the person, they're looking at the bottom line with the number. But in this particular survey, it says that, that these hiring managers admit to lying. Yeah. So we're not splitting hairs here. They admit to lying. There, we could say there's probably more that lied, but have justified their position as being, you know, that, you know, they they alter, they they change positions somewhat, or they shift thinking to where they're not lying. And I understand yeah. the white lie thing, you know, still lying, but we can get that, but they admit it. So yeah. it's a bold face. They've come yeah. to terms that they lie. All right, let, let me get, let me run a few things by you and see what, okay. is this okay. a lie or is this just business? Starting with the job description. In a lot of states now, you have to have a salary band mm -hmm. and the salary band is so large, it's ridiculous to be like, Fifty thousand dollars, and I'm not, and I'm not exaggerating, right? Fifty thousand yeah, dollars to like five hundred thousand yeah. dollars. Now, a candidate who's looking for a job is going to see the fifty to like the five hundred, and they may say, "Hmm, I think I should get three hundred or four hundred and anchor themselves to that higher number." Now, some that could be appropriate, a lot won't. So, right from the get go. I don't know if these are lies or mission, but it is kind of not fair to the candidate because it sets their expectations. It level sets them to something that they're not going to get. And if they don't get that higher number, they're going to feel they were ripped off and cheated. Then the candidate would need to ask the hiring manager mm -hmm. to layer out for them what tiers does the yes. candidate meet for them to get the 500,000, the top salary. Now, if you say anything less than walking on water, there's going to be problem. Yeah. <laughs> there's going to be a big problem because you can't justify and say, well, this is the tier. We'll say, well, I meet this tier. And then you offer them 200,000 yeah. less. That's where a problem is, and that's where and that's where people get angry. Breaks. That's where they get really where angry. The breaks, and it's pretty much an over for most people, unless they're really desperate. But somebody who's not desperate is are going to only right. answer ask that question to see how far out you're going to get. Now, if they refuse to answer that question, that is even a bigger red flag. That's a that means you just made that number up arbitrarily <laughs> because you don't want to comply with the law. And therefore, I'm going to think there's something else wrong with you. And that's right. just the truth. Now, what about this? Is this a lie, not a lie, omission? When this is, people say this all the time, hiring managers, HR, external recruiters, internal recruiters, hey, we offer, you know, great benefits. We offer the ability to grow. You could fast track, you know, there's going to be promotions, but it's not in writing. So they're just putting it out there. Could it be that you could have a fast track? Yeah. Could it be that you can make big fat bonuses? Yeah. But it's, you know what I mean? They're not putting it and in writing. So. The, yeah, and if you hear all of that, 
once you hear something incredulous, you have to mm -hmm. invest and give yourself the time to make sure that these people actually exist. Right. That who's been back and can I talk to that person? And, and you know they're going to tell you no, but you still want to ask the question anyway. Then you go to LinkedIn or you go through your connections or somehow at least to see it may be in the in internetosphere that you know, yes, these people lie about because I asked too. And then, I mean, there's a lot of ways to peel the, the peel the fruit, but who has time to go on that kind of chase always, right? Because, you know, it's a, it's a matter of semantics to yeah. one party, but it's somebody else's livelihood. So why fool with it? All right. Is this a lie or not a lie? How, let me run this one by Mark. Okay. So the boss is a toxic, narcissistic micromanager. Would it okay. be a lie or maybe a lie by omission if a recruiter or somebody in the hiring process didn't advise the candidate that, hey, I want you to be aware that Jack and Mark, who are the managers, they're crazy. They're micromanagers. They're narcissistic. Yeah. They're bullies. Right. Would that be considered a lie by just not telling the truth about who they are? And what if also, I'll add to this, Mark, if there's a turnstile where this role has been open two or three, four times over the last couple of years, so no one seems to stay. And if you don't bring that up, would that be considered a lie too? Well, th that deserves other questions when you hear something like okay. that. You're talking about when that comes from the actual hiring managers, they're saying that Jack and Mark are, are part of my management team and they are, they're really rough on candidates, they're really rough on uh, workers and, and, and you know new hires and they're narcissistic and they're anal and uh, they micromanage. Uh, is that part of the success or is that part of the failure? <laughs> and, you know, so, oh, so what it, you're saying you, is that you, if you're pushing people to do their best, like you're not being a jerk, it's just that you're like that card, like that hard nosed football coach who's, who's, is that what you're saying? That's like pushing them to do their best. Well, that also indicates what that hiring manager's yeah. management style is because yeah. he could be very well the one to drive them to that, which, you know, if you're being that honest, you're telling all the bad stuff. Yeah. Sometimes that might be a, a silver lining if you're the one to, to really put up with that. There are some people who don't care. And so maybe they want only people who don't care about having their feelings hurt and being and being managed yeah. in that way. But most of us are not that way. So, you know, we you got to use you've got to parse those, uh, you got to parse that some in order See, to get the straight answer. It, it, this doesn't seem fair where a person, if you have a, let's say a mid to senior level white collar worker, mm -hmm. they'll be told to go on three, four, five, six, seven, eight, ten 10 interviews over the course of like six months and get mm -hmm. ghosted and you don't get feedback, you don't get constructive criticism, but yet you make that person do everything. Then oftentimes, and we can talk about this a little bit more in detail, ask people yeah. to do work for free. 
Um, and, mm-hmm. and that's okay. But why shouldn't it be part of like the job description where, and I'm being serious now because like, but this yeah, is right because, right. because people like aren't used to this, but wouldn't it make sense to say, Hey, this job is open, but I want to let you know that we've had three people have the same job over the last six months. And there's a lot of turnover and then get an mm-hmm. asterisk. Here's why there was a turnover so that people could go in and really judge for themselves. You know, um, I'm still going to go and interview because I'm hearing about those three people. Maybe uh, I think I could do better or just say, I'm not going anywhere near this because this seems like a toxic situation where no one can mm-hmm. last. But wouldn't that just be fair in today's day and age, right? You give people the chance to say no. In fact, the, you can weed out a lot of applicants mm-hmm. from even looking at the position any further right. or trying to apply. If you tell them, like somebody did on LinkedIn recently, particularly the past day or two, where they bragged about how they uh, they bought in two candidates and said, we want you to recruit for these positions. And it didn't say that they got paid for it, but they expected results within four days. And this was free work. But of course, it wasn't clear whether they did this up front. I imagine they didn't do this up front and they didn't pay them. <laughs> Therefore, yeah, it's not only unfair, but it's misleading because you're saying you're using you're using the language, I think, say that people need to be able to articulate and communicate their their abilities. And I'm like, well, and there we get into the biases aspect. And if you didn't read into that, I can get to that too. But right now we'll deal with the fact that, yeah, telling people upfront exactly what to expect is more than helpful. And there are organizations that actually tell you, if you go on their site and you search for it, they can tell you where, uh, what to expect out of the position or what to expect out of the interview process, which is another reason why people who get uh, something that seems incredulous, go to the site and check it out and make sure there's not a scam either. Mm-hmm. But even more so, then that's where you can kind of derive some of your questions, but at least you have an idea what to expect out of the process. When you don't tell people what to expect out of the process, you're, you're not going to be trusted by a whole bunch of folks. So like what you say, because once again, I think it's not asking much out of life. If somebody is going to allocate their time to say no particular order, but number Mm -hmm. one, hey, I need to know a little bit about the person to whom I'm going to be reporting. What's this person like? What's their personality? Maybe even get a little taste of their, you know, folder of like, mm-hmm. have, did have any allegations levied against them? Have they made anything, any anything of bias or discrimination? Like, mm-hmm. what the, I, I think that's not unreasonable if you're going to no. work for somebody to get a no. peek at it. Then also to find out, is this person like, like hard to work with? Now you could still maybe take it because they feel like I, I could deal with it and this is a good job and I'll make a lot of money, but at least they have their eyes open. Well, similarly, like you were referring to, 
if you're going to ask someone to do work, shouldn't you tell that beforehand and set yeah. a pay range and say, hey, I, we really like you. We think you're good. We think you could do well here. We want to give you, in the instance you mentioned, Mark, some, some sourcing candidates, but we're going to pay you in advance for your time. Would you want to do it? Then that seems fair. Like, okay, okay. the person can say thanks, but no thanks. Or, oh, okay. You froze. Okay. If, if you're going to pay, and if you're going to pay me, and I'm going to source it, okay, I'll, I'll spend some time doing it. Let's see how it mm -hmm. works. Well, yeah, it, it seems like it's very popular to gamify uh, the hiring process because that's what what it is. But really, it, it's why should it be your guess as good as mine? Mm -hmm. Always, you know, you're trying to guess what I'm trying. They're trying to get the and not trying to waste your time. I get that point, but also the candidate deserves to have his time respected as well and have their efforts expected. Tell them up front, they're going to spend extra time the, that the hiring process extends out an additional four days for you to perform this task for us. Uh, and you'll be, you know, hiring will be contingent on that. Tell them up front, what is there to lose? And in fact, you probably get more people of the ilk you want. In order for you to, for you to not waste time, but otherwise, even if Sai goes through that, they're going to have ill feelings because they're looking for the other shoe to drop once they do get hired, because it was already you know one thing that they were kind of lured into after they interviewed. So that's not it's not just going to be oh you're forgiven because you hired me. No, I'm looking for some other signs too. I just was, want to see it, how this is going to play out, but they're willing to get paid for that. And that's where ev everybody loses. Everybody. Mm -hmm. There's no, there are no winners in that. I, I don't know if we talked, I think we may have talked about this before. How great would it be if you actually had to pay a candidate to interview? Because if you would pay a candidate to interview, I'd imagine instead of having 10 interviews over six months, they would probably have two interviews in one day just to get it done. Like, do you, do you recall Spotify made a new rule? So if they want to have a meeting, they put a budget on how much this meeting costs. And right. I guess that division might have to eat that cost if you have these you know, conference meetings with the idea is like basically saying you don't have to have meetings to have a meeting, to have a debriefing after the meeting. It's a waste of time. Right. So, so right. did, yeah. stuff like that makes sense too? Well, you know, during the pandemic, there were companies that started out paying folks. And I imagine there's that still might be paying people to interview. But yeah, they paid them for projects and for their time mm -hmm. that they spent. And maybe it wasn't much, but for the mm -hmm. fact that they respect the candidate's time and they don't choose that, they don't choose that particular candidate leaves a better taste in their mouth than having to waste that time and being ghosted or even having lured them into saying, well, you're a final candidate and never hearing from them again. I mean, any scenario might be better than just leaving people, uh, you know, leaving the bride at the altar, so to speak. I think that people need to realize, and I think that more of us need to realize if we have people come back to the office, 
you're doing all these things to make them come back. And then you're kind of, you know, they're spending all this time so that you can be sure that you're, that you're hiring the right person. That kind of says a lot if you're not willing to at least acknowledge and thank them for the time or to pay them for the time and even pay them at the rate for the for interviewing uh, you know because their time is very valuable and it's very tough here um, and it's always kind of tough to job search no matter what economy you're in uh, but you know there it's real and i know there's some recruiters of some of you all watching you can you can tell that some of your friends have spent six months to a year looking for a job since they've been laid off in this in this particular climate, and that's not particularly a good thing. So, so I see where you're going in terms of like the long term unemployment. But before we get yeah. there, I just want to okay. go back to what you mentioned about remote work. What do you think? Do you think it's fair where you had all these companies saying, "Okay, we're remote"? Year goes by, two years go by. You know, two plus years go by. Now, all of a sudden, they're like, nope, you got to get back into the office. But in the meantime, they moved their family to a lower cost location. Mm -hmm. You know, they went to, you know, you know, schools there and all that mm -hmm. kind of stuff. And now they're getting angry threats like with Amazon and Meta, you know, kind of these subtle or not so subtle. Hey, if you don't come yeah. in at least three days a week, yeah, we'll see what happens to you. And yeah. that's a little scary threat. So is that a lie what, that, that they told well, about the remote? If you like, told that, and it goes back to the first <laughs> thing we talked about, if you told them up front that this was going to be temporary, that when we open office, you're expected mm -hmm. in. Many people were not. In fact, they were given the idea that this was going to be permanent. Thus, yes. they're moving. That's where we cross hairs. And then all these people cheering them on. Yeah, you need to do what the boss says. But that's not your life that people are talking about because people have moved in with their parents to help their parents and to live and mm -hmm. the elderly parents to live. Or maybe they moved because they've moved closer to get health better health care mm -hmm. or they may have moved because the economics was better in one city than another it, it's it, it, instead you know it can't be all about the company and it shouldn't be about the company and that filters into many different other discussions but all in all to say that you know tell people up front what you really want to do it looks more confusing that you are just making things up to go along as a company. And I understand that, you know, again, you're going to have people try to defend companies and recruiters out there that would defend, well, this is how it really goes. And this is what people shouldn't have expected. No, no, no. A lie is a lie. That's what it is. Let's just call it that. And you started talking about, uh, with the long, with people who are in between roles, like what are you seeing mm -hmm. in terms of people who have been out of work, particularly like these mid-level managers and senior managers, because the blue collar workers and frontline workers, by all accounts, they seem to be doing pretty well. Like UPS folks are getting paid 170,000. 
mm-hmm. clearly with everything thrown in, you know, it's all, it's not just right. salary, everything thrown in. Right. Right. And a bunch of other places are starting to maybe have strikes and forming unions. So there's a big change, but the white collar workers, it's not so great, you know, and I'll be frank as no. a recruiter, it's slow. And speaking to other yeah. recruiters, it's pretty slow going and it's a little scary. And then if you're in between jobs, you could be out of work for a long period of time, right? Yeah, yeah. I think the people don't, I think the people don't, here it is. When you're on a job search in this climate particularly, and I think it's been that way for years and mm-hmm. I had one of my favorite mentors tell me this uh, years ago. She told me said people should look to see how their skills fit in many different industries and not just one. So, you know, I think what it get excluded many times is the manufacturing industry, the sustainable uh, or the green industries and maybe some of the other financial industries where they need other positions other than just uh, like tech, for instance, that's an easy example. This tech needed in every single industry, but not everybody wants to go to those industries Mm -hmm. because they don't as much as the big tech houses like the Googles and the Microsoft. Very few people in, in a large, spectrum of things this is a small percentage of jobs even though they might have a hundred thousand or maybe like an amazon who might have maybe a million employees by now is still small look at all the industries i think that's one thing that people can do did you exhaust every industry possible even if you might consider it maybe a pit stop uh, for your skills to either enhance it or to continue to hone them and then maybe shift when the market shifts. Having said that, yeah, it is, it's a long haul for a lot of people. And I think for a lot of industries, this might be one, if it's almost four out of 10 who are lying to candidates, that might be a good reason why we have a certain chunk of un- un- unemployment and maybe even underemployment. Yeah, you know, it's a little frightening because you have a confluence of events where you have a slowdown because high inflation, high interest rates, you know, these, like you said, tech companies and Wall Street yeah. companies used to get money pretty much for free. So they were mm-hmm. able to just lavish and hire at will. Now right. it's just the opposite. It's like Mark Zuckerberg was saying, it's a year of austerity, cost, cut, you know, cost cutting. So you mm-hmm. tighten the belts. So when that happens... You, it's it's a little chill effect because now if yeah. you're in between jobs, you're like, oh no. And another thing I'm noticing going on with companies is they're hoarding talent. So they realize mm-hmm. during the great resignation, it's a big pain in the butt to constantly be recruiting and paying for recruiter fees and to onboard people, train them. It's easier. Yeah. Let's just play the team we have. Let's just keep them. Even if they're not all A players, even if they're a lot of Bs and C pluses, you know what? It's easier just to hold on to them. So now you have, they're holding on to people. It's a slow market. The hiring rate takes forever. And there's still, the layoffs subsided, but there's still, you know, you see still layoffs here and there. So what would you suggest to people 
in addition to like trying to pivot to other, you know, to other industries to just keep sane, because a big thing is we we've talked about in the past is your mental outlook. So like, how do you keep from just, just losing it when month yeah. after month you're not working? Yeah. There are several things I think people can do, but I think to even add context to what you, because we know that there was that fortune uh, article a few months, it may have been a year ago, even where we saw that, you know, there are job postings that stayed out longer than the actual deadline was. So, you know, they're still recruiting even after they've hired for several months. You remember that? Because we talked about that. And, you know, and that's part of that. Yeah, we want to kind of hoard, we want to keep the pipeline kind of thing, but it still goes back a lot. So what can candidates <laughs> do? <laughs> what can candidates do or what can job seekers do to, to kind of make things a little bit better? One, it goes back to my mantra, job search is a lifestyle. It's something that people need to continually look for a job and for them to hoard the potential of opportunities that they have. I know that might be hindsight, but that's something that I've been saying for three years. And I think a number of people have been saying that for a number of years now. The second thing is, again, exhaust your uh, your your potential for opportunities, even if it's a stepping stone. Look for contracts, look for, uh, look for potentially in some instances where there might be some apprenticeships mm -hmm. and some internships. Now, maybe that won't speak to some of the mid-careerists who might be in the mid-management tiers, but it might be some of you that just graduated from college or just finished some training. Maybe you consider doing an apprenticeship uh, through certain programs through the city and through the government and they do pay while you're looking so that's a possibility if you're in that situation for everybody else in the middle look for those contracts and look for those uh opportunities where if they are one off at least they are keeping your skills somewhat fresh and volunteer is not a bad option uh, in some cases, you might be able to do both where there's an apprenticeship with one aspect, but if you're honing a new skill and you're honing some uh, things in the future, perhaps you can go and volunteer at an organization to use those skills and maybe work on a project and maybe in return, maybe you can use as real volunteer in the sense that maybe they're not paying you, but they can pay you back with a reference or some kind of just proof that you did a great job for them. And that way you can keep things going. Uh, continue to exhaust your friends and family uh, to see if they know people and get introductions. And maybe you might be able to find positions that are not even posted yet that, that might be imminent that might be coming along down the pipeline. Uh, get involved with your association and organizations where you are. You have a membership. Uh, a lot of people don't get into to some of the minutia of those uh, organizations where they volunteer on committees where you have a lot more intimate contact with people where you can get to know people who are just like you. And that if they're announcing before anybody else, which 
happens. And I've seen it happen where they say, hey, I'm about to leave this position to go to another company. And they say, oh, that means that position is about to be open. You might be able to get the inside scoop on it and maneuver in such a way where you could be seriously, uh, you might be a serious candidate for that position. So there's several tiers to that and several layers depending where you are. Of course, we're not speaking to everybody because a lot of times uh, the people who've been in leadership long time who might be near the career and they need to make another move, I would say go ahead and, and continue to lean into those moves, but consider uh, maybe not the internships and the apprentices, but maybe for the fact that you volunteer and that you're keeping close tabs with uh, your organizations that you're a part of, your formal coworkers and people who are still making moves along those lines. You know, that, that's great advice because like I, I'm a big believer in the in like an object emotion stays emotion. So like if you're yeah. doing all these things you're talking about, yes. you're meeting people, you're making new contacts, you're getting out of the house, you know, yes. like so you're, you're doing something that increase your chances of something else happening. Whereas if you just say, and I'm not disparaging anybody who's who's in between roles for a long period of time, instead uh -huh. of being home and just like, woe is me, oh, this is terrible and feeling bad about yourself. Yeah, you want to self-heal, you want to like take care of yourself. But to Mark's advice, I think it's, and I agree with him so much, you want to get out there and do stuff because at least yeah. it increases your chances of making something happening as opposed to just- Increases your visibility, yeah. increases your networking potential. Yeah. But I would even say too, don't leave also the possibilities, and this is more of the long shot, is start looking for ways where you can collaborate with other professionals who are like you you know, those associations and industry organizations are great because they're all, a lot of them are doing projects or doing something to enhance. Maybe you can lend your voice to those things and that gives you visibility. More people you're able to contact and let you know that, that you need an opportunity, it increases your chances of getting hired even if it's just a passive opportunity. So don't leave those kind of things out where you're volunteering to do something a little extra to help the industry and help other people at large, but it is something that will get more eyes on your needs as well. Yep. Can we circle back to kind of the lie? Because when, when you mentioned about yes. the job posting staying on there, it, it reminded me of something. Yeah. So. What Mark was talking about before that, a lot of companies, what they'll do is they'll put out job postings on their own site, on Indeed, on all sorts of other places. Mm -hmm. And they use it as a, you know, a pipeline. They use it to see hmm, who's open for it. Maybe they interview a few people to pick their brains and see how much they're paying and how much we should pay. Right. But, and I don't know if I want to call this a lie or an omission or what, but on the bigger scale, because it made me think, well, I, I was, you know, watching CNN, CNBC and Bloomberg, and they were talking about the JOLTS report. Now, I don't want to get wonky. Mm -hmm. The JOLTS report basically is how many jobs are posted. And the theory right. is, if all, there's a lot of jobs being posted, that shows that the economy is good because companies are, are posting mm -hmm. jobs, so they're confident. 
But you and I know, and career coaches and resume writers and recruiters know that, well, that's not always accurate. People put up jobs, right. not only when they need to hire, but they leave it on there. They forget to take it off. Um, they put multiple jobs that are just tweaked differently because it mm -hmm. may attract somebody. Right. And so what ends up happening when the government counts those jobs, they count it as like, this is sacrosanct. This is like exact, but they, no right. one ever bothers to say, wait a minute, are these duplicates? Think about it. Someone posts a job. Usually it might be posted on Indeed and 20 other sites. So it's the same job right. all over the place, but they're just counting those jobs. So it gives a false reality of really what's out there. And this time around, a lot of the economists and Wall Street folks on, on, on cable news, oh my God, mm -hmm. there's so many less jobs being posted. And I'm like yelling at the TV. Well, of course, it's August. August historically is slow. People really, yeah. companies really aren't going to spend the money to post jobs in the last few weeks of August because they know nothing's going to happen, but they're going right. to post it probably in September. Now to worry if in September and October they posted and nothing happens, that's scary, or they don't post it. Then that's right. Concerned. Then check right. this, not to go too inside baseball, but then you have something with the jobs report, right? Where it's right. the household survey, where they'll call up households to say, hey, Mark, hey, Jack, have you worked this week? And those numbers can't be right. Because who, right. In, who first of all, who, who, how many people have a landline that get to pick up? Second, who's going to pick up some rando who's saying, hey, Mark, hey, Jack, can you tell me about your work? Can you give me your security mm. number? Can you tell me how much money that you earned this week? You'd be like, get lost, hang up. So right. I wonder, how are they coming up with those numbers? Are they accurate? Or this is like a, a, like a big lie that they just making up numbers. And there's another one, Mark, the birth death model. Yeah, you wonder how they those jobs uh, and the source of this happened from. See that there's, also, there's also something called the birth death model. So they right. say okay. they just have a model where they right. just extrapolate and say, oh, so many new business started. And if so many new business started, here's how many people they employ. But it's right. not based on any real people. It's just a model. So, right. <laughs> so we're talking about on one side, the beginning of the conversation is about like, you know, hiring managers, but this is on a big scale, like how we right. judge the economy and those metrics are really funky. They're not so accurate, which, so, so are they lying or are they just like, what would you even call that? Well, I think if you don't know if the problem exists, yeah. then it, I don't think it would be a lie, but I think if you know there is, um, there are anomalies, then it's deceit. Dude, if it's if a knucklehead like me living in New Jersey, some random guy, right? Some average yeah. guy, if I spotted that, how can these other people in high ranking government not know what's going on? Yeah, well, it, unfortunately, it's been that way for many, many, many years. <laughs> and, you, you know, it, it's, it, it's one of those constant things where it becomes more noticeable when the unemployment's lower than when it's higher, right? Because when it's higher, and we know that there's a lot of people speaking to 
uh, you know, the mass unemployment that we were a few years back when it was 14%. Remember that? Mm. Uh, then, yeah, people stop counting. Uh, <laughs> but when it's low and yet you hear other people's experience like we never heard before, I don't think, like we do on LinkedIn and on Twitter, uh, you can't help but to wonder that, yeah, there's there's just this information is very diluted. So, you know, I don't know if there's anything particular that people could do about it, but to really be sensibly uh, aware about the potential for opportunities and where the market is. I would say narrow it down to your industry and try to find out what is the real deal in my industry. Mm -hmm. A lot of people don't have industries. They're just looking for any job. Can't fault people for that. But at the same time, uh, you and I know the, you know, the narrower your search, the better it is. Because you know you can't find like in your industry you can't find compliance in every industry. Mm -hmm. It's only very few that would apply to. So, you know, I think if people were just a little bit more focused, I think it'll be better for them. But at the same time, uh, yeah, they're lies. <laughs> we can't reshape them. We can't yeah. reshape a white yeah. lie. It's just a lie. It, it, it may be a lie that we all accept and everybody kind of knows that it is. But, you know, I, I think every, I, we won't say every entity is purposely doing that, but we know that a lot of things that just get, you know, swept out under the rug to get the illusion that the room is clean. Does it, does it break down to this, Mark? At the end of the day, it just caveat emptor, like everybody just has to be very careful, has to do their due diligence, have to do their homework, can't just depend on someone saying, trust me, you're going to get that bonus. Don't worry about it. Where you just yeah. have to really, yeah, have, yeah. DTA, don't trust anyone when it comes to your livelihood. Yeah. Uh, but it, you got to trust some people. And I think too, we can't undervalue as well as we experience all the time. Uh, community is just being part of a community that is having that they're having those kind of discussions where they're being helpful to one another and I don't want to make it a kumbaya moment but they do exist you just you either got to create it or find it and it really does help when you don't look for jobs alone which a lot of people are mm -hmm. saying that really helps them that when yeah. they have a lot of support, it makes a big difference in their efforts and their uh, ability to be resilient versus all the lies that we're being told and shown on a daily basis. Well, before we head out, any, any mm -hmm. last words of encouragement to job seekers, people trying to advance their careers or any other insights that you'd like to share? Yeah, I, um, I think people, should look at, and I was looking at this morning, um, and this will just take a minute here, it talks about uh, Ellie Weissel. I don't know if you're uh, familiar with him, but uh, he was an assistant to the president. He wrote the book, The Night, that won a, uh, a Pulitzer Prize uh, back in the 80s. Uh, he tells this story on the White House lawn. I think it was called The Perils of Indifference. And 
really the whole idea is that, you know, um, a midst of, of making really crucial decisions, your destiny is in your hands and it is about creating opportunities for the most part. And creating opportunities by that, I mean, it, yeah, we could talk about creating jobs, but really creating a conversation around what you want to do and how you want to do it makes a difference. Uh, you can, the more conversations you create and more eyes you get in front of, the more people that know really does create a, a better chance for you to get found or to find an opportunity. So we can't, we can't dismiss the idea. And I try to avoid the word networking, but you know, to the connection with people is really important for now and for the rest of your life, really, mm -hmm. at least to some degree that you. All right, I don't know. I think Mark faded out there. Chris, do you hear him? Is it me that faded out here? Yeah, I think I think we lost Mark. <laughs> so so now you know he's 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 referencing Eli Wiesel, I guess, relative to the you know Holocaust, uh, if I'm not mistaken. So that's a very deep subject. I, it's hard to pivot out of that one to something more. It's <laughs> <laughs> a hard segue. So so the segue is, I guess, to 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 wrap it up. Is that for whether you call it a lie, omission, white lie, whatever it may be, I think for people who are looking for a job, who are looking to advance their career, they just, they really have to keep their eyes open. They have to question everything. I hate to say that because you, you want to be able to trust what someone says they're going to do, but you have to be careful and you have to do your homework and before you, you, you enter into anything. And when someone says something that's too good to be true, it usually is too good to be true. So just be careful and just to, you know, make sure that before you accept anything, you, 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 that everything is signed. You have to get it in that offer letter. And if they tell you, no, don't worry about it, be okay, worry about it. Because <laughs> if it's not in writing, they'll forget about it and you're skunked. Um, on the positive side too, what I would say is this, we're in a challenging time, but we'll get through it. So if you're in between jobs, I don't want to be cavalier about it, but it's not just you. There's a lot of people going through the same thing and we'll get better. It's just going to be a little rocky road so that hang tough, keep doing what you're doing, and eventually you'll find the right opportunity. So thank you very much, everybody, for watching. I'm sorry that Mark kind of seems like we cut out. Um, have a great day. Have a great weekend. And thank you so much for watching the show. Hit me up if you have any questions, if you have any topics you'd like us to cover. So thank you very much for watching. Bye-bye.